0: The following audio message is from Neighborhood Church in Overland Park, Kansas. At Neighborhood Church, we seek to be a community that loves God and our neighbors together. If you would like to learn more about Neighborhood Church, please go to www.neighborhoodchurchop.com. Well, we are in Matthew chapter five, Matthew chapter five. Would you turn in your Bibles to Matthew five? It's on page 810 in the black hard covered Bibles. Matthew 5, and we are looking at the Sermon on the Mount. I think we've been on this page for like a month and a half, and I think we have a couple more weeks left on this page. But we are looking at the Sermon on the Mount, and we are going to be looking at verses 21 through 26 today. 21 through 26. So remember, Jesus went up onto the mountain, and his disciples came to him, and he began teaching them. So he's teaching his disciples what it looks like to be a kingdom citizen, to live under his authority, to live under his kingdom. And Jesus tells his disciples this in verse 21. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Truly, I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. Would you guys pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Jesus and Jesus' word. God, we pray that you open our hearts today, that you open our minds, that you um, speak to us, that you challenge us, and that you draw us closer to Jesus. We pray this all in his beautiful and awesome name amen so growing up I loved waking up early on Sunday mornings now my family we went to church but I wasn't really excited about going to church (laughs) at all you can call me a bad kid I was really really excited though about running down the steps opening the front door and there on the front porch was an orange plastic bag containing the patriot news the Sunday patriot news but I wouldn't read the news. I would bring the newspaper in and I would throw it aside and I loved going straight to the Sunday comics. Like you have Beetle Bailey, Hagar the Horrible. Like I would read these every Sunday. So I was super excited. You have Garfield, Charlie Brown and the Peanuts. Some of you guys are Calvin and Hobbes fans, right? I never, I never got into that. But like I loved the Sunday comics. And one of the classics is Charlie Brown, right? Like Charlie Brown and the Peanuts and you have Snoopy and something that like really really fascinates me is Snoopy like would sleep on top of this house right this tiny little red house he would sleep on top of this tiny red house but when you read the comics like if you go inside like his house is enormous like it's huge I think I have a a comic strip right here like you guys are probably all going to read it right now, but you're like, you see all these kids going in. So on the outside, Snoopy's house is like super tiny, but when you actually start going into his house, you find out that he's got a pool table, a ping pong table, he's got a library, a basement, he's got a staircase, he's got a servant's entrance. Like as you read the comics, you're like, what? This is huge. Like there's some depth to Snoopy's house. Like it's just crazy the deepness of of Snoopy's house. So on the surface you see this small house, but when you actually go inside you see the depth and the like how how enormous his house really is. So what Jesus is going to do, what does this have to do with our passage? What Jesus is going to do is he's going to take this house, Snoopy's small house, call this house the law, and, and he's going to actually take us inside and show us the depth, the heart, the intent behind the law. See, the religious leaders of Jesus's day, like, loved looking on the outside of the law. Like they were all about the external. Like these guys were the guys that, like, you looked. You're like, man, they never do anything wrong. Like they, these guys got it all together. Like they kept the law to the T. Like that's all they did. So, like, I never murdered. I never committed adultery. I never stole. Like I never did any of these things. So these guys were the upstanding citizens the people that everyone looked to. And what Jesus is going to do in this passage is he's going to say, okay, he's not going to throw out the external. He's not going to throw out what they did, but he's going to say there's a deeper intent. There's something more behind the law when you actually go inside of it and you see it. So notice what Jesus says in the preceding verse, verse 19, or excuse me, verse 20. He says, for I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus is saying like our righteousness has to exceed their righteousness. And for the religious leaders, it was all about the external. It was all about like do, 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 do. But their problem was they didn't have a heart that loved God, that the intent behind it wasn't to glorify God and to honor God. So it was all about the outside. Like Jesus says this later on in Matthew 23, 27. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. So on the outside, they looked clean. They looked good. But on the inside, there was dead people's bones. It was, it was rotting. And the thing is, Jesus, as the king of his kingdom, he says, I care about the heart. Like, God cares about the heart of, wh- of why we do things, our motive and our intent. First Samuel 16, 7 for the Lord sees not as man sees, man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Proverbs four twenty-three, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Proverbs twenty-seven nineteen, as water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. So God cares about the heart. Jesus cares about our heart. We notice in a couple weeks. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we looked at Matthew five sixteen, where he says, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. Like, notice the intent, the motive behind that is that God might get the glory, right? Like, let your deeds shine, not that people think you're a good neighbor and an awesome coworker, but that God gets the glory. And, but the religious leaders, their idea was like, no, like, I want the glory, like, I'm a good, I'm a good guy, like, like, they probably walked around with their heads held high, like, I'm better than everyone else, and Jesus in Matthew 6 says, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, and this is what the religious leaders did, the intent and the motive was all about them, but God cares about the heart, and Jesus as the king of the kingdom, cares about the heart and the intent, so I've titled our talk today, Let's get to the heart. Would you tell a neighbor that? Let's get to the heart. Come on guys, you can do better than that. Let's tell a neighbor, let's get to the heart. (laughs) Let's get to the heart. So over the next couple weeks, we're going to look at this heart motive, the intent behind the law. Every society is run with laws, and it's for the betterment of people, and the good of people, and this kingdom that Jesus runs, and us as citizens, or sons and daughters, like he has rules, And over the next couple weeks, we're gonna look at anger and lust and divorce and oaths. And Jesus is just gonna keep going to the heart because God cares about our heart, our intent and our motives. So today we're gonna look at the heart behind murder. Look at verse 21. Jesus says, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be liable to judgment. So Jesus is quoting the Old Testament here. Remember Moses went up on to the mountain and got the Ten Commandments? Like even if you don't have really a Christian background, like a lot of us know about the Ten Commandments, right? And the sixth is thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not murder, you shouldn't take someone's life. So this was established back in the Old Testament and Jesus is quoting this from Exodus 20 verse 13. Thou shalt not murder and if you murder, you're liable to judgment. And us as, as a community, as a people, as a society, we'd say murder is evil, right? Like you could ask most people or you could stand up on a street corner and be like, you shouldn't kill. And most people would be like, you're right. <laughs> like you shouldn't kill, probably. Like our society is like that where we understand that murder is wrong. I mean, there are other societies that don't. But murder started from the beginning. Remember Cain and Abel, Adam and Eve's son, Cain hates his brother Abel and murders him. Jesus tells us in John 8, 44, speaking of the devil, he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth. The devil is a murderer. So as many of us would agree with this, like murder is wicked. It's straight from the pit of hell. Genesis 9, 6, if anyone takes a human life, that person's life will also be taken by human hands. For God, notice this, for God made human beings in his own image. Genesis 9, 6. When someone else takes another person's life, what you are doing is destroying the image of God. Remember, God creates the world, and he says, this is good, this is good, and then he creates man, and he says, this is very good. The pinnacle of God's creation is man, his image bearer, human beings. And when you destroy another human being, you're destroying the image of God. You're devaluing and bringing destruction. So God hates murder. God hates murder. And I think most of us would be like, I hate murder too. Like it's separate. You're sep- when you, you're destroying the image of God, you're separating. You're destroying a relationship when you kills someone many of you might know that kansas city is one of the top 10 cities in north america with high murder rates new orleans being number one st louis number four and kansas city falls at number seven number seven with great homicides murder runs rampant throughout our our culture just last month july 19th a man Named Philip Stanley, walked into his mother's house, got in an argument with his stepfather, pulled out a pistol, and shot him five times, killing him. Raw hatred, anger. And we know what happened just a little over a week ago in Charlottesville, right? A young man drives his car into a group of people. Injuring tons of people. Killing Heather Hare. We know what happened just a couple days ago in Europe, right? It's like murder is just rampant across our culture. And what the religious leaders of Jesus' day did is they would say, okay, but I've never murdered anyone so I'm, I'm good and we we do that we do that I do that all the time or it's like well I've never done that like I'm better than that person right and we kind of stand outside of this bubble and step back and like well I haven't been to prison like I've never committed adultery like I've never like robbed so we separate ourselves and this is what the religious leaders were doing and it was all about this image of external but God cares about the heart, and we're going to see him transition here. Where he's going to make this circle of, here's these murderers, we're not like them. And he's going to say, everyone who is angry is liable to judgment. Look at verse 22. Jesus says, but I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Do you see the comparison between verse 21? He says, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But he's saying, if you're angry at your brother, you're liable to judgment. See, murder starts in the heart. There is this sickness that starts in the heart. Jeremiah 17, 9. The human heart is the most deceitful above all things and is desperately wicked. Who can know how bad it really is? Like, murder starts in the heart and the seed of murder is anger, Jesus is telling us. So as King... Of his kingdom. He says, I don't want you to be angry. I don't want you to be angry with your brother without a cause because that's where murder comes from. That's the seed of bitterness that leads to murder. So, so the three examples I just gave you, like they weren't started out of like happiness or joy, were they? No, it was anger and bitterness that just like slowly welled up and eventually poured itself out in destruction of human beings. Now, many of us are are never gonna get to that point where we murder anyone, but Jesus is saying that same sickness that is in those men, the same sickness that is in ISIS, the same sickness that is in people who take other people's lives is anger. It's It's that seed of anger. So Jesus says if anyone is angry with his brother, He is liable to judgment. It's on the same level. Like how many of us have kids, not I, eventually, but how many of us have have kids and like we ask them to obey some rules, like to clean up their room or to brush their teeth, and they're kind of just like, like, how many of you know that when they're up in their room, they're not like, I just love my daddy, Paul Camp Schroeder. Like, I just love doing all these chores. No, they're probably like stomping <laughs> stomping around and like under the bed. I can't stand my dad. Like, why did mom make me do this? Like, but how many of us like are so happy that our kids are like that? Or a coworker or someone that we manage? Like, we don't want that. We want people to like, To obey out of, like, love and out of care and compassion, right? Like, we all want that. And the same with a heavenly father. So he doesn't want just people who are like, I'm not a murderer, therefore I'm good. Like, I haven't done this, 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 and this. But I'm good, right? But out of the heart, it's all about me. It's not about him. So this is why God cares about the heart. And he goes to the root. And we're going to see this in the next couple passages as well. In the following weeks, it's all about the heart. Because this is where murder starts, is in the heart. Jesus, Jesus um, takes it to another level. He says in verse 22, but I say to you, everyone is angry with his brother. So this is like without a cause. But then he says, whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. So anger is a strong emotional pull towards like wanting someone to have revenge or punishment or just, I mean, you guys know what anger is. And Jesus says, whoever insults his brother. So this is a step up. This is like letting anger kind of escalate a little. And some of your translations, if you have like an NIV or something else, it might use the word raka or might say that in the notes. And it basically means empty-headed. Like calling someone stupid or a fool, like worthless. And in Jesus' day during this culture, like you would go to the council for that. Like you would get in trouble for slandering someone. And Jesus says here, if you call your brother a a stupid or an idiot or an airhead, like, what you're doing is you're destroying the image of God. This is, this is the heart, this is the seed of murder again. Like, you're devaluing a person by slandering him or her. You're defaming the image of God. You're not valuing them the way that God values them by calling them names, by insulting them, by calling them worthless. But how many of us have been there? Everyone, right? Like just, not yesterday, but last Saturday, I was dropping Leah off at the airport. And I, I had murder in my heart. Like we got in a tiff in the car. I don't remember all that I said, but there was this this anger that just welled up inside of me. And it destroys the image of God, his pinnacle, the pinnacle of his creation. And if we don't kill that, if we don't put that to death, it'll slowly build up from just anger to insult. And then finally, Jesus says, whoever calls his brother a fool is in danger of the hell of fire. You fool is a little harsher than the fool in English today. It's basically damning someone or condemning someone and being like, you're worthless. Like, you shouldn't be living on this planet. (laughs) Like, I don't want you here. Like, it's basically like, you'd be better off in hell. It's, it's harsh, but it's wicked and it's evil. And again, it's destroying the image of God. It's destroying another human being when you call that. So how many of us, there's this one pastor who calls it, have tiny little acts of murder. Like, are you committing tiny acts of murder in your heart? In Proverbs, it says, above all else, guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. So if we can take this this anger and we can look at it and be like, I'm guilty? Like, how many would say, I'm, I'm guilty? Like, I'm guilty of murder. I stand condemned as a murderer. Like, I've committed tiny acts of murder. Maybe you are a father who is harsh with your kids. Harsh with your spouse. Sometimes it's like she doesn't do what I want her to do or he, kid, doesn't do what I want him to do. And this anger this strong emotion starts to build up and it's the seed of murder and Jesus says it's murder that's heavy that's heavy stuff so before the judge before the king we are murderers the circle has come from okay the people that are in the state penitentiary like I'm on the same page as them we're on the same page in light of the real king, the real judge, the judge of the universe, the judge of this world. So what do we do? Well, there's beauty for you if you are a believer, if you're a Christian, and there's beauty and good news for you if you're still exploring Christianity. And it's the gospel that Jesus Christ Lived a perfect life. He never had one ounce of immoral anger in him. It was pure love and kindness for people. And Jesus stands before the judge and he gives his life for you and for me. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. Death. there's a punishment we live in a society where murderers are punished so in in the laws in the realm of the universe our sins will be punished and it's by complete separation from God but Jesus came in and Jesus was murdered on your behalf on my behalf and he paid the penalty that you and I deserve to pay this is the gospel. This is Christianity. This is we receive reconciliation and forgiveness because we all stand before the high king and the high judge as guilty. But King Jesus stands in our place and says, "I'm going to take your punishment. I'm going to take the counsel, the liable to the judgment, the hell of fire on your behalf." So what do we do with that? We repent and we believe. Friends, if there's murder in your heart, repent. Turn from the murder in your heart and believe the gospel. (laughs) Believe that Christ paid that payment for you. And if you're not a Christian and there's murder in your heart, among many other things, repent. Turn from that anger and believe the gospel. Receive forgiveness. Receive reconciliation. And then walk in the Spirit. Colossians 3, 5 through 8. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these two, you once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Like we put it away, we put it to death. So repent, turn from your sin, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, put it to death. So this week, I've been trying to put it to death like there's some high stress in my relationship with Leah and I right now because we are planning a wedding, a wedding and there's like a whole bunch of other things going on. So what I have to do is when like I start to get annoyed or I'm like, why, is she, why are we doing this? Or why are we doing that? Like I have to just, above all else, guard my heart and then put it to death. Like, no, Christ, why would Jesus want to get angry here? Like, why am I getting angry? What's going on in my heart? So repent, believe the gospel, and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. So the gospel brings reconciliation. The gospel brings reconciliation, right? That means to restore a relationship, to renew a relationship. And so look what Jesus says in this passage as we begin to, to close. Verse 23, so if you're offering your gift at the altar and there, remember, your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you're going with him to court. So this is a different culture, but the idea behind this is don't murder Don't murder in your heart and don't leave murder in someone else's heart. Don't leave murder in someone else's heart. So it says here, seek reconciliation with someone who has something against you. It's not that you have something against them, but that they have something against you. Remember Jesus earlier says, blessed are the peacemakers. This is peacemaking 101 right here. Make reconciliation with someone who has something against you. Before you come to church and take communion or sing songs and worship me, like, make sure you do whatever you can to make reconciliation with this person who has murder in their heart towards you. And I I don't know if you did anything wrong or not, but if there's murder in someone's heart towards you, Jesus says, I'm a peacemaker And we want to make peace there. We don't want them to be liable to judgment. We want to be reconciled to them. Dave gave me this awesome illustration. So let's say that you send your kids over to your neighbor's house, right? You're sending your kids over just to play. And the neighbor's father is there just watching the kids. And... We'll just say a daughter, for example. So your daughter is playing. Maybe you don't have kids, but your daughter is playing, and she says something, and I don't know what she says, but say your neighbor's dad or the kid's dad says, you're an idiot. Like, why would you say something like that? Like, how, I mean, this happens. Like, say, say your neighbor's like, that kid's a moron. That kid is maybe sitting at the table that night with his family and be like, I don't know why you're friends with that kid. That kid's a complete idiot. And say your daughter comes back home to you and is like, Joey's daddy called me an idiot. And it like hurt. Fast forward to like the next day and say you get a knock on the door, right? You get a knock on the door and it's the neighbors. And they have some brownies and cookies and dad is there and he's like, Hey, we baked you some cookies, some probably. Like, what are you going to do as a father just knowing that this guy called your daughter an idiot? And now he's bringing over cookies, or he's bringing over cupcakes or something. You're like, what? Like, you have something against my daughter right here. Now think of a heavenly father when there is brokenness and destruction between a relationship, and then you're going to come to him and be like, oh, everything's all right with us. It's like, no, you have something broken with my son or my daughter. Blessed are the peacemakers who don't leave murder in someone else's heart. And notice these two things. In verse 25, Jesus says, come to terms quickly with your accuser. Notice that word quickly. Underline that word quickly. Like quick this is a quick reconciliation. So if someone's popping into your mind right now, and you're like, man, we're not good. Maybe you don't have anything against them. Maybe you've forgiven them, but you know that there's anger in their heart towards you. Like Jesus says, quickly, quickly make reconciliation. That's tough because I think there's some names on people's heads in their minds, and you're like, I don't want to have that conversation. Right? I don't want to have that conversation. But it's not only a quick reconciliation. But it's a radical reconciliation because Jesus says so if you're offering your gift at the altar now in Jesus's culture these people would travel miles and miles and miles and miles and miles and miles miles to the temple so what Jesus is saying here is if you got to get on a plane and fly the whole way across the country and make reconciliation you need to do that like do whatever you can to make reconciliation so these people would have to leave Jerusalem and travel the whole way back to their homes, leave their gift at the altar, make reconciliation, and then come back. Like this is a radical reconciliation. This is doing it quickly and whatever you can to make reconciliation. And I think some of us haven't done everything that we can. Like we've tried maybe one or two things And we're not gonna be able to in our own power and our own strength. But Jesus says to make quick and radical reconciliation that you don't leave anger in someone else's heart. Friends, Jesus cares about the heart. So this law that he set up as we function under his society, like it's all for our good and it's our benefit, And he cares about our intent and our motives and our heart. And here Jesus says the seed of murder is actually anger. And it's that sickness that's inside of us. So I have a couple questions to leave us with. What areas in your heart or life is Jesus not the king? So we talked about Jesus being king of the kingdom. The Bible says that one day every Knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So no matter if he's king of your life or not today, he's still king and he will judge. What areas in your heart or life is Jesus not the king? And we're gonna learn through lust, through divorce, through retaliation, many of these different areas where our heart is wicked. Number two, how is your heart? Are there signs of murder flowing from your heart above all else guard your heart Proverbs says number three with whom do you need to seek reconciliation have you done everything possible to make reconciliation these are just a couple questions that we can think through the next couple days the next couple weeks because Jesus cares about our hearts so let's get to the heart let's address the heart Would you guys pray with me?